Welcome to the Tune Under podcast, the Southern Hemisphere's biggest, best, only dedicated Newcastle United podcast. I'm Jack. I'm here with Mark. We're here today to talk to you about the Gateshead Friendly, which happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about some of those Eddie Howe quotes, which caused a little bit of a stir um, on social media and among some of the journalists. So we'll get into that. Um, the word frustration was was bandied about, so it's going to be interesting to talk about what he actually meant by that and the way that some people reacted. And then we'll have a bit of a roundup of any of the transfer news that's been going on um, or the, the, the lack of transfer news, the transfer activity that's been happening at the club lately. Mark, have you ever seen uh, a, a club side um, put a team out with uh, basically six left-backs before? Because that's what happened in this friendly against Gateshead. <laughs> We've definitely got enough to spare, haven't we? Uh, it's, it's certainly the area that we have uh, abundance of quantity, but not necessarily the quality that we're looking for. Uh, yeah, it was it was a bit of a mental team selection. Uh, understandable, because <laughs> it's most of the kids that were playing. But yeah, it was definitely a cobbled together side. It's pretty funny trying to work out what the team was actually <laughs> going to be when that, that team dropped. I think we had Jamal Lewis playing kind of left wing and Mankio was <laughs> kind of in the, the right wide forward position. So it was quite funny. Remy Street played. I, I thought he was, yeah. he's been 17 for about 10 years, Remy Street. So um, I thought he was the same age as Jamal Lascelles. So it was quite funny to see him get a run out. But we, we got 10, 11 minute highlights of the game. Uh, we, we went behind. It was 2-0 down at half time um, after what looked like a pretty torrential downpour in the middle of the UK summer. Um, and then we turned things around and we ended up winning 3-2. We were wearing the nice green away kit, which looked pretty good, I thought. Um, a bit of camouflage with the grass. But what did you think of the highlights you saw? And is there anything you wanted to sort of uh, pick out from this game that, that caught your eye? I think it's like the, the first thing that caught my eye was that we definitely looked rusty. Um, I mean, uh, Longstaff was through on goal very early on before Gates had opened and clearly should have scored. Uh, so no, nothing new has changed there. Uh, definitely hasn't sort of added finishing to his game in the offseason. The uh, the Gateshead goals were uh, pretty sloppy defending on our, our behalf. Um, there was I can't remember if it was the first or the second goal, but Darlow should have done second, better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a second, yeah. He, he definitely needed to do better on that one. Um, for a makeshift side that was playing in some pretty bad conditions, I thought we showed some, some good graft and some good good skills in, in, under the circumstances uh what the the highlights kind of did show was we we did have a lot of ball dominance we did have a lot of uh forward forays that created like a couple of chances but we really didn't look at our sharpest so to speak mm. um until the substitutes came on in the second half and i think that kind of Maybe it was that it created a little bit more balance in the side um, and we weren't mm. playing with the six left-back uh, formation. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we looked a, looked a totally different team when when we started making some changes and, and yeah, ran out, ran out winners. It, it's good for me to see that even in that sort of a meaningless game, we go 2-0 down and we still don't give it up. We still want to want to play. We still want to win. We still want to kind of prove ourselves. And I think it shows... 
it shows just what a what team spirit we do still have, what we've retained from last season. But I think it actually shows just how hungry a lot of those players are to be a part of the main squad mm. uh, and be a part of this 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 upcoming season where you know maybe they've got their eye on you know maybe I can get a bit of a, a bit of a run out in the Champions League or you know we're, we're going to have lots of games so I want to be involved in some in some aspects. It's hard to read too much in uh, these first games of preseason. We usually play Darlington or you know someone like that. So yeah. it's basically just getting minutes into people's legs. I think uh, none of the international players obviously played in it. Maxi played and he looked pretty sharp, pretty lively. Anderson got a goal and an assist as well. Lewis Miley when he came on got a beautiful assist and that ball was, was a peach. Yeah, it was beautiful. And Jay Turner Cook it was who put it away. Yep. He was on loan at Tramia last season and he made twelve appearances. So maybe another. Uh, loan move for him it looks like Lewis Miley might actually be part of the first team squad next season he's only just yeah. in 17 not long ago he obviously played against Chelsea and early scored he looks like he's got all of the attributes to actually he could save his money because instead of going to buy another midfielder if he if we can get 10 15 games out of him yeah. um, instead of him going out on loan you know he's still only going to be 18 by this time next year so then maybe next season you could go out on loan to the championship um, if he's played some games for us. Or he might be one of these generational players who actually is good enough to start playing first team. At yeah. this. He's been good, hasn't he, when he's played so far? He, he, he hasn't looked... I mean, I know we, we didn't see a lot of him in the first team picture last season. Um, the, the little bits that we did see, he didn't look like he was phased by it at all. Mm. Um, he looks like he's got a good first touch on him. He's got a good engine. He's got some good skills. He's certainly got the physique for it. Um, I mean, massive, he's what, yeah. seven, 17. He's massive. He's, he's taller uh, than his brother. <laughs> yeah, he's taller than his older brother. His big yeah, brother, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, if he continues to develop as he is, then, you know, the, the, the future is bright, as they, as they say. And, and hopefully he does end up, as you say, saving us a, a a significant chunk in the transfer market in the long term in terms of that real top draw talent. But yeah, he, he can hang around this season. I think it's probably a good move to, to keep him in and around the club um, at this point, given, you know, his, his age and would, would a loan move somewhere like stunt his development because he's, mm. he's now in a, in a foreign club and he, he doesn't sort of know the structure there. Um, he doesn't take up a squad place because of his age. He, if, if he is in and around there, um, then we can probably include him in the Champions League squad as that homegrown player. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of upsides to keeping him around, uh, none more so than how badly some of our recent loan moves have actually gone for the players. Mm. So, yeah, I prefer to keep him around and, and get Eddie Howe uh, uh, so working with him on a more constant basis. And Eddie Howe clearly rates him as well. That's the yeah. big thing. And like I say, he's still going to be young enough by next season or even the season after if he's if he's you know if he's going to go and play in the championship then uh, yeah. if necessary then that could be a good move. Elliot Anderson was good as well. It was nice to see him playing well and getting some touches. But let's talk a bit about the the transfer. So that that was the first friendly out of the way. We've got Rangers coming up on Tuesday night Tomorrow UK night, time, uh, Wednesday morning Wednesday for us. Wednesday morning here. Let's talk a bit about some of the other transfer stuff that's been going on before we talk about those quotes from Eddie Howe. Because it's kind of in that context. So uh, last night it was for us, there was news that maybe Saudi might be in for Alan St. Maximan. That's something that's going to keep keep kind of rumbling on, I think, until something happens with that. Then um, one of the Italian publications linked us with the Napoli winger. Uh, I'm not even going to try and say his name. Let's just call him KK. 
for 82 million. So on the one hand, you've got people talking about FFP and we can't afford players. And then you've got, oh, we're going to spend 80 million on this this kid who's absolutely phenomenal by all accounts. Um, the Harvey Barnes thing is still sort of rumbling on. It looks like that might happen, um, but it's not been confirmed yet. And then I just saw before Harrison Ashby might be a loan target for Swansea. So that would make that, sense yeah. for him to get a, a loan out as well. What's your sort of overall thoughts um, on the, that transfer activity and those things that, that might be going on? Because we are going to talk about what Eddie said about all this. Yeah, so b- before before getting into that, I mean, obviously the fans are chomping at the bit for another signing, um, which is which is weird if you ask me, because if you, if you look at the fact that we've just signed an absolutely outstanding player in Sandro Tonali, mm-hmm. huge name as well. We've poached a player away from a top European side with bags of history, that he had a connection with. Um, I, I think that's kind of going under the radar a little bit of a lot of fans and just how big a statement and how big a signing that actually is, um, which is, a, you know, everyone's excited about it, but I'm not sure it's quite clicked in terms of just the magnitude of what that player signing for us actually means in, in the short term and the long term. But if you... If you take into account all the players that we're constantly linked with and who we're supposedly putting bids in for, we we wouldn't have enough like numbers in yeah. in the uh, <laughs> in the squad to <laughs> to deal with just the, the the new incomings, let alone the existing players. It's uh, it it it's frustrating in a way because I think we all do want to see us build on last season. We do see other clubs buying players and spending a lot of money. Uh, we're constantly being told that we have to adhere by financial fair play and you know we can't mm. even put a 35 million pound bid in for Harvey Barnes but then suddenly we're linked with an 82 million pound move for a European superstar it just you sums know, the it's, transfer it's, window after it just it? sums everything up doesn't it yeah it's it's yeah. everyone's fishing around for clicks and for likes and for for news articles to generate some money and some content uh and and a lot of it is literally just either guesswork it might be link leaks from clubs leaks from agents just to generate some of that you know just mm. to generate some interest and try and start a, a bidding war or try and engineer a big money move you know it, it is what it is that's that's kind of the the, the pool that we're swimming in at the moment but the, yeah. the frustration for us is you you just don't feel like you can get attached to any of these signings because most of them <laughs> nobody has a clue and i've seen these these uh reports and everyone's like you know playing holy hell over the fact that you know we, we we're not going to sign this player or oh, why aren't we signing that player and oh look we don't have the money and um that if this is the the end of the window then you know we're, we're screwed and we haven't done enough what i keep coming back to is we heard all this last summer as well yeah and we didn't have the money and we couldn't go out and pay for these players and we lost out on darwin nunez to go to liverpool mm. and oh this is going to be a terrible window anyway and we're not going to have done enough and then suddenly out of nowhere we spunk 63 million on on alexander isak and it was yeah. like nobody saw that coming none of the journalists knew it was in in the pipeline uh until pretty much we were almost ready to sign him on the dotted line and the same kind yeah. of went for tonali as well nobody nobody had a, a sniff of that until we were pretty much in the front seat so yeah. i'm not losing hope and in terms of the carrot Kvar- or whatever his name is Good effort, look yeah. i'm not i'm not gonna say that it's never gonna happen because as i said it's like you know we've we've pulled out some insane uh insane deals so far under this new ownership 
I, I don't see us having the money to spend on that sort of player, um, let alone be able to sort of drag him, drag him to here. And I think if we were in for someone like that, I think there would be a lot of other Cubs come, come calling quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, look, it's it's one of those things where you know it is frustrating, but we've still got like what six weeks of the transfer weeks, window left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's 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 hardly panic stations yet, and I think like most said, of the. Fun- yeah, yeah. Like you said, the transfer business we have done for the big players, it's just happened quickly. So with yep. Tanali, the news broke that we were interested and then it took a while for us to sign him, but we knew we were going to sign him. Nick Pope disappeared out of nowhere and yep. we signed him. Isak, like you said, there was a one report in Spain and then it happened. Newcastle, people within Newcastle are not briefing journalists on who no. we're going to be signing. They don't know. Like they don't know, you know. So that's the kind of context to to all of this that's going on at the moment. So it's but I think if you, if you look time of year, it, it, it is annoying. Um, and it's kind of as a fan, I think most people want to get excited about a potential transfer. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it's about what happens at the end of the window, not at the yeah. start of the window for First me. It's nice. Minute, yeah. It's nice that we've got some players in early, but the fact that we have pulled all of these big name signings literally out of thin air, it's kind of what makes me a little bit skeptical on the whole Harvey Barnes thing. Mm. I, it just feels like it's dragging on way too long for us to have been a serious contender for his signature. Otherwise, I, th- I would have assumed that it would have been done by now. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's it's still a wait and see on even even a Harvey Barnes deal. Uh, in terms of outgoings, um, you know, look, Maxi going to Saudi, uh, I'd love to see it just for the reaction in the media. And we've already <laughs> seen, I think you and I have both been on social media having a, having a pop at certain journalists about mm. their their perceived um, anger and indignity about the fact that we, we've got owners that want to buy our player um, <laughs> for another club when it's absolutely fine for Chelsea and Wolves and Liverpool and all these other clubs to benefit from it. But then suddenly we're not allowed to sell our players to them. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's a little bit of a joke. I, I would love to see him go there for... Look, if he, if he goes... Th- to, to Saudi for 35, 40 million. I think it's pretty good market value. I would prefer mm. to see it somewhere around about the 50 million mark because if, if Wolves can get that for, for Neves, then I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be expecting the same off them for, for, for Maxi. Um, mm. And they've been overpaying for everyone so far. So mm. let's be honest. Um, that to us does a huge amount of good for our financial fair play situation, uh, yeah. given the fact that, you know, that then is a lump sum income given that we can amortize all of yeah. our outgoings for new players coming in a 50 million pound lump sum into the into the kitty gives mm-hmm. us probably what you know two or three players of the 40 million pound mark um, pretty yeah. comfortably within financial fair play yeah. I was going to say that Villa is still spending Jack Grealish money and we'll yeah. see this with West Ham because they'll still be spending Declan Rice money because yeah. If they if they get that money over you know in in practice they get it over a certain over four or five years, but they account for it all in one in one year. They can basically just spend big money every summer for the next three or four years. So that's what Villa are doing, and that's why fans get annoyed about Villa and panic about Villa. They, they've got they panicked about them last summer getting Coutinho and Diego Carlos in camera, and then look how that turned out. So we need to be patient, I think, and we need to see what happens. But I just want to read what Eddie Howe said because it's worth looking at this and then digging it into a bit what he said and what he actually meant and whether he actually meant to say this or whether it was a bit of a maybe he's been a bit rusty as well pre-season maybe he's not quite didn't play the straight bat he usually would 
But bear with me because I'm going to read this out and then we're going to have a bit of a dive into it. So Eddie said, financial fair play, words I don't really like the sound of, but it's there in every conversation we have because it's relevant and impacting what we can and can't do. We have to be creative and sometimes think outside of the box because we have a budget we have to stick to. I don't want to lose anyone from the squad we currently have. I want to build and add quality in players. But of course, you're not always in control of that. So we'll wait and see if a player could leave. But certainly it wouldn't be something I want to happen. We're prepared to be patient and get the right players, but we're also aware we need to improve the squad. So there will come a time that we have to move things forward quicker. I'm very aware we do need more players. The squad needs to be robust enough to deal with the challenges that we face this season. We're not currently close to more signings. We're in the process of talking and negotiating, but Tenali transfer demonstrates how long it can take to get over the line. I think at different times there has been frustrations. There have been difficult days because obviously you want the end result. You want the best squad you can get. We know the challenges we face. I think this summer we've been through all the emotions. We were very pleased to get Sandro through, but we know we need more. I think we've got good coverage in certain positions, maybe not so much in others. I don't think it's right for me to speak about what they are out of respect for the players we currently have. I know absolutely where we need to improve. We might need two different 11s in the space of a week this season. We need to be able to compete at the highest level. He said he didn't say anything about Harvey Barnes. He said it would be disrespectful. Then he said, nothing's close with any deal. I can share that we want to bring players into the football club, but they have to be the right ones. They have to be at the right level. We're working hard to do that. We've been working hard all summer. It's difficult to get good players. We have a very strict budget and we're trying to work within. Always with FFP, there's certain things you can be creative on, but we don't have a huge budget to work with. I'm patient and understand the parameters we're working in, but I also know the needs we have. For me, it's not a case of we want to do it. We need to do it. And being a coach, I want them on the grass available now. So all of those things together. It's huge for us this year with the competitions that we're in, having three games a week, we need to be able to rotate the team, but to be able to bring in players who are of equal standard. That's a lot he said there. That's much more than he would usually say. And I think this was just on the running track around the Gateshead's pitch. The thing that stood out to me was he used the word need a lot. He actually used the word need nine times in that little uh, in that in that, that little interview. So he's not sort of he's very clear about what has to happen. He he um, what he's saying mirrors a lot of what the fans are saying at the moment, and a lot of what journalists are saying is that. We do need to strengthen in certain positions. I think we could all identify we need a centre-back, we need a left-back, we probably need another wide forward and maybe a, a midfielder as well. That We can dig into some of what you said there, but what's your overall sort of takeaway about that? Because a lot of the local journalists started saying he's frustrated. He said he was frustrated. They took that to mean he's frustrated with the hierarchy, he's frustrated with the board, he's demanding more, he wants players now, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about all of that? And what? where do you think it came from? And do you think it came out as he meant it to come out? And what do you think the fallout has been of, of that I think interview? I think it's probably came out very close to what he wanted. I mm -hmm. think it's been completely taken out of the, the context that maybe he wanted to, it to come across as. Look, I mean, I think it's safe to say that he wants to have two first 11s that he can count on and he yeah. can interchange players readily. And we don't have that. And the fans are well aware of that. I think that's what he's getting at. I think it is a... I think financial fair play is definitely an issue and he gets asked about it constantly. 
but it mimics much of what he said last summer. Like we don't have the money. We've got to be careful with what we're doing. Yes. We have our needs. We want to have, we want to strengthen the squad, but we want the right type of players in. Uh, And, you know, any frustration that's there is just because it's difficult to get the players in under the budget that they are willing to spend. And that's not, not even having a go at financial fair play. That's just that our owners have demonstrated that they have very specific values on the players and they're not willing to overpay on them. Um, mm. They're not willing to be taken advantage of. Uh, we've, we've maybe overpaid on a couple of players. Um, I don't think Isak was an overpay at all. Um, people are saying that we overpaid on Tenali. I don't think we have. Um, time will tell on that one, but I think we probably did overpay on Chris Wood, mm-hmm. but we got money back from him and mm-hmm. he was a need at the time that we didn't have very much options for. We had no fit senior strikers um, and there was a release clause that just made it an easy deal to do. Um, so then we got him in and so you know, everything that they've done, I mean, they've done so well in the market so far. And they're doing the same thing. They're being patient. They're, they're working out exactly who they need to get the right players in. You know, we we, we all wax lyrical about this no dickhead policy, but it, mm. it, it's a thing. They, they want the right type of player in terms of their skill level, but they want the right characters as well. And yeah, it's going to get frustrating because those two things are not going to align in that many players that they're after. So, you know, if they do miss out on another player because another club is willing to overpay and we're not, then, you know, yes, mm. that is frustration. I don't mm. think it's frustration at the owners. I don't think Eddie Howe is, is aiming anything at the, at the owners or, or the club hierarchy in general because he's been backed to the hilt, you know. He's mm. been given, like, world-class players already and... You know, he's delivered on, on his end, but I think he's, he's realistic enough to know that it's going to take more time to to build things. Well, he's he's not doing what Rafa used to do, basically, where he just went and torched the place down because he was political and he knew that the fans yeah. would be on his side. The way that I read that, I was emphasizing where he said need because I wanted to make, point out that he did say that a lot of times. But if you actually watch the interview, he's just as usual, calm, self He's not sort of getting emotional about it. He's just saying in a very um, measured way what has to happen because he's done the he, he's done the work. Like he, he knows what what needs to happen, and, and the club know what needs to happen as well. So I think his frustration is at the transfer window more than it is at anything within the club or within the budget. I think he understands that. It's a business now. He didn't want to lose Chris Wood and Shelby in mm. January because it weakened his squad. But if you look at the outcome of that, it was it was good business. It was phenomenal yeah. business. Shelby's already on his way out of Forest, and Chris Wood might be as well. <laughs> yeah. So I think Eddie's smart enough to understand. And the thing that got on my nerves about the reporting was that it, it felt like it was journalists who were trying to create tension between how and the the hierarchy and the owners yeah. and the when fans I don't think and, and the yeah. fans and to try and rile people up a bit and you've got them saying things like well if the, he's playing a game of poker then he's doing better you know he's doing a great job because like he, he, this wasn't happening last summer it was it was more like a bluff like they could tell it was a bluff last summer you know but he's not going to sit there and tell journalists what's exactly, going to happen. Exactly. He's not going to sit there and say, yes, we're going to go and get Harvey Barnes on Monday or Tuesday. Cause, cause yeah. why would he, you know, he's not going to well, say, yes, I want to, I want to sell St. Maximan because why would he like, what, what yeah. does he have to gain by that? I think 
I think the reality is we'll probably need to sell St. Maximan for, like you said, for 30 million plus, and then we can buy the centre-back and the left-back yeah. that we do need to, to make the squad stronger overall. But he's not going to sit there after a pre-season friendly and tell everybody what he's, the club's going to do, is he? <laughs> well, there's two things that stand out to me on that. There's, there's the first one is he, he's not going to come out and tell everyone what budget we've got because as soon as he does that, then that limits their ability in the market. And that's that to me is, is always been the game of bluff that they have played since the new owners came in was we're skint, we can't afford to buy anyone um, mm. to try and make sure that we that you don't get this overinflation of players thinking that, well, the richest club in the world, they can afford anything when, you know, realistically we can't, but they wanted to make sure it was, it was not getting completely out of hand. The second one of that is he's not going to come out and say, well, look, I know for a fact that we're going to need to sell someone because of trying to match this financial fair play. It's the state of the game. We haven't sold anyone for a significant amount of money where other clubs have. That's where we get this financial fair play cap coming into, into play. He's not going to come out and say, even if he knows it's going to happen, he's not going to say, oh yeah, well, look, we're going to sell sell St. Maximum. We don't need him anymore. So yeah, fine. Let, let him let him go. Because as soon as he does that, then he valued plummets because everyone knows that we're a willing seller. The first mm. thing you do as a manager that you're wanting to maximize your potential sales and the amount that you're getting off your player is say, we don't want anyone to leave. Like, mm. if, if you want us to kind of part with one of our players, then we're willing to listen to offers, but you're going to have to make it worth our while. Because you know, imagine, like, imagine if the move doesn't happen and he's left with yeah, Maxi, who exactly. he said, "I want to." He wants rid of him, and yeah. now he's got to use him, and and he he can be an effective player anyway if he does stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think like, it's, it's it's the typical media trying to drum up, you know, like negative bad news cells, um, and mm. they're they're trying to trying to drum up something. It's been way too positive for them, and they haven't had as much <laughs> to write about, so they're they're looking for things that are going wrong or something negative that they can spin to, to whip everyone up into a frenzy. Mm. Um, to me, it's like Eddie Howe is, is doing Eddie Howe things. He's being very methodical. He's keeping his cards close to his chest and it's being completely mis, mis, con, misconstrued, um, mm. if I can speak, uh, just just out of like petty journalism, I think. I mean, and, and I think the fans that are buying into it and the fans that are getting disappointed and, and uptight need to need to take a little step back because if you think about the long-term picture, as I said, Eddie Howe's done all this before. We've come mm. out on top with in terms of the players. We're buying the right players and we're still in the position where we can't afford to just throw money at players and not have them work mm. out. We need yeah. to we need a hundred percent hit rate on all of the players um, to some extent, and yeah. and that's the important thing. Uh, when I was listening to the True Faith live show that they did at the Stand Comedy Club, and they had Darren Eels and Peter Silverstone there, and they both said that the the club will put all of the money it possibly can back in, you know, that it's allowed to do within financial fair play. When Mike Ashley used to say stuff like that, you just like just ignored it because you know the, the evidence wasn't in what he was doing. But nobody's got any reason to doubt that we're going to be in some way not spending to the to the absolute limit that we can with financial fair play. We know that there's going to be more money coming into the club. The club has progressed too quickly in some in yeah. some ways in getting into the Champions League. So they're, they're doing a lot of scrambling at the moment to try and. Get, they haven't even got enough staff, you know, they weren't even left over mm. with enough staff. So they're trying to do everything all at the same time. And then everyone's focus is, is obviously on the on the transfer window. 
So like I said, there's, there's six weeks to go. Um, it's worth pointing out that in, in all of the previous transfer windows, there's been a feeling at the end of those transfer windows that we've, we've not done enough. In the first January, there was a feeling that we, we needed more attacking players. And then last summer, there was a feeling we needed a right winger um, and that we'd, we'd missed out there. And then in, in January, there was a feeling we needed a midfielder. So I wouldn't bet against us maybe not getting all of those ideal players that we think we need um, because, we're, we're, because we're being methodical and we're being um, we're being picky about who we sign because we want, like you said, then they have to succeed with the money we're spending at the moment. We can't afford to have big uh, flops, basically. So they need to be as sure as that they possibly can. And the fact in is... My, in my, in my yeah. mind, it's it comes down to the fact that we need to... So if we're going to be spending big money, like, you know, to get a, a top quality player in, it needs to be somebody who replaces somebody that's already in the squad and improves mm -hmm. that position. There's no point us going out and spending 25, 30 million on a player that is at the same level as someone like Miggy, because mm -hmm. what have you done? You've basically spent some of your financial fair play cap money and you haven't actually improved anything other than squad depth, maybe, but you're not mm -hmm. improve. You're not moving things forward. So I get it that it's frustrating for fans, but at the end of the day, keep your powder dry, add the other 10 million, 15 million to it in, in the January window if somebody mm -hmm. becomes available or next summer when someone becomes available and you sign that next level player that comes in and slots straight in as that first choice player in that position. And then the person mm -hmm. you currently have who's done a very good job drops down as that depth piece and, and that rotational choice. And that's how you build your squad. That's how you progress mm -hmm. your squad. And that's what Man City have done. That's what Man United haven't done. They've like thrown the checkbook at players as trophy signings and they haven't bought players that really fit their model if they know what their model is. You know, and it, it's that sort of, you know, feeling of we're building something and it's not going to happen overnight. So don't just go out and waste money just to keep fans happy. Keep your, keep your powder dry. Make sure that the long-term project doesn't suffer. Yeah, yeah. I do, like reading those quotes back, I do wonder if he was a bit more forthright than he, than he sometimes is. Because like usually in his press conferences, he just doesn't say anything that, that can be remotely construed as sort of controversial or critical. I bet he, of, I bet he doesn't anyone. again for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, So I was actually thinking it'll be interesting after the Rangers game, before the Rangers game, whether this is addressed, like whether he whether he's actually paid any attention to what's been said about it. Um, or, or it might just be another kind of social media storm, you know. It was only a, a couple of journalists really that picked up yeah. on it. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how things go from here. But I do think for the general feeling around the place, I think we could do with confirming another another signing, uh, whether that's Harvey Barnes or whether there's some concrete um, movement on getting a defender. Um, I think... We might, we might just need that to calm everyone. Disarcy from Monaco, yeah. I think it is, but it, I think that might just calm everyone down long enough for, for a few weeks, um, and and then everyone can start panicking again when we get towards the season. Yeah. And people, and the funny thing is though, like we could go into the season with Dan Burn at left back. That would be like cause of absolute crisis for some supporters. Yeah, but he, he was part of the <laughs> the, the best, best defense in the league, league last So yeah. another thing Peter Silverstone said was that. No matter what happens in the Champions League or in the league next season, this season coming up, 
the club is going to be in a stronger position this time next year than it is now. So even if we finish sixth or, or seventh, you know, and I, this is not me sort of thinking, oh, we're going to be, we're going to fail and we're going to, we're going to drop off next season. It's just the reality that the club is still trying to catch up with the progress that's made. Yeah. And we need to be in a position where we can start selling players as well. Like we've only got one major saleable asset at the moment and you just can't run a club this way. We're yeah. still living with the hangover of the Mike Ashley era. We've got, We've got about six players there on contracts that, that have still got some time to run that are on they're not gonna get that money anywhere else. So yeah. It's a bit like when we had Henri Henri Save and he was at the club for like seven years or something and he was just going out on loan all the time. That's probably gonna happen with a few of these players. And we're just gonna have to suck that up and yeah. take the hit and and move on with it. Anything else you wanted to just cover there or talk off before we finish? Because I think we've no, given that a bit I, of think, I think that's pretty much everything. Just one one quick word that if you... I see a lot of people saying, oh, we've got more games and we're going to struggle because, you know, Villa's got... Um, Villa's improving and Brighton's going to still be there. It's like, they're all in Europe too. They've all got extra games, you know, and they're mm. playing on Thursday nights um to to really like no name clubs in the middle of nowhere so you know let's let's be honest here it's it's not just us yes we're all going to suffer um potentially they end up going further than us and and we like you know if if we do drop out of of the group stages um then we concentrate on the cup games in the league and you know mm. that could work in our favor so i don't think it's as cut and dry as like, oh we've got more games therefore we're going to struggle um yeah okay look liverpool probably aren't going to be as bad chelsea maybe not as bad um spurs who knows how that's going to happen with Ange at the helm um, they've still got some mm. issues to to sort out with kane um but you know look if if, if all we do is we finish top six we get to a cup final again I'd be happy. I'll be I'll be more than happy with that because the truth of the matter is our owners are not going to sell players that, that are key to this club on the cheap at the least. And if a player wants to leave, then they're going to generate a huge amount of money, which instantly solves our financial play and we can go out and replace them. So, Absolutely. you know, the long-term picture, I think we're in a very, very good state. Absolutely. And that's what I always... People don't like it when you talk about where we've come from, but it's all part of the context. So... I, I thought I was going to be supporting Mike Ashley's Newcastle forever, you know. So I'll always be pleased about the way things are going. So even if there are little setbacks and there haven't really been any yet, I think we all just need to take a leaf out of Eddie's book and stay measured, calm and in control. Uh, sure. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. And the, the good news is the proper football pre-season's just so... It's all right, but it's just shit in another way. It's like the results don't matter. Like it doesn't really matter. And there's all this stuff about transfers, so... The real football is back in three and a half weeks, uh, or just over three and a half weeks, when we we welcome Aston Villa at St James's Park. We'll leave it there for tonight. Uh, good to speak to you, Mark. Um, take Excellent. it easy. Bring fun. We will we'll be back later on in the week for um, a bit of a chat about the, the Rangers game and a, a little look ahead to the preseason tour in America. See ya. Excellent. Catch you later.